Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You guys don't get to just chit-chat and change bylaws. So exactly on what theory, other than we're small and we don't have enough money to pay our bills, are you not paying this bill? This is the plaintiff, Karen Saxton. She says she prepared an audit for the defendant's condominium board, and she's refusing payment for her services. She did the work. She issued the draft audit and is suing for the $2,681.96 she's owed. This is the defendant, Susan Tuck. She says the plaintiff jumped the gun on doing this audit before full board approval. And since she didn't actually hire the plaintiff, she doesn't owe her any money. Plain and simple. She is accused of failing to take responsibility. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Million in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Million is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. Okay, Ms. Saxstein, you are suing Chestnut Muse Condominium Association, represented here by Susan Tuck, for the cost of an audit that you say you were hired to do, plus a late fee. Talk to me. What happened here? Correct, Your Honor. Um, I was hired uh, by the Board of Directors in August of 2020 to perform a 2019 audit. Uh, I have a signed contract, which was approved at a board meeting, and we began our audit work in October of 2020 and completed our work in February of 2021. Okay. Who did you hand your contract to to sign? Our contract was sent to Will Buckingham. Is that who Um, had called you to hire you? That's correct, Your Honor. Had you ever done work with Will Buckingham before? Yes, we had. We had done work for the association back since 2017. In 2017, we prepared an audit. In 2018, the association hired us to do a tax return, which we prepared and were paid for. In 2019, we were also hired to do a tax return, which we prepared and we were paid for. Subsequent to the preparation and payment of that return, Will reached out to me and asked if they could then have an audit. We replied yes and sent him a contract, which was then signed and executed, sent back to us via email. Okay. And you provided the audit, correct? Correct, Your Honor. And his signature is on the last page of the contract. Okay. Now, what was Will's position with the condo association? He was on the board of directors. I believe he was the president at that time. Is Will with you? Yes, he is, Your Honor. Okay. Let's put a pin in that a second, and let me talk to you, Ms. Tuck. 
Can you tell me what is going on and why you won't pay uh, this nice lady for work that she performed? She is a nice lady. I have nothing personally against her. Um, always been pleasant. Um, what happened was we had decided after the first audit that since it's $3,000, we're a little mom and pop building. We only have 20 units that if we had any further um, audits done, that we would vote on it. And despite the fact that it states that um, it was approved, it was not approved. I'm sorry. You're going to have to you're going to have to rewind for me. When you say we had decided, who is we? The board had decided that you would not do audits unless every board member agreed or a majority of board members agreed? A majority of board members When did the board decide that and what proof do you have of that? Because normally we would call that an amended bylaws, right? Because bylaws are what condo associations have to go by. And I've actually looked at your bylaws and it says an audit every year which you may feel is excessive and I may feel is excessive, but then we amend the bylaws. Did your board amend, because you're now president, right? Correct. Did you, were no, you- No, 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 no. You're I, not. No, I'm not president. No. Oh, I'm okay. the managing agent. Okay. Well, so are you on the board at all? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you don't, you guys don't get to just chit chat and change bylaws. So- exactly on what theory other than we're small and we don't have enough money to pay our bills are you not paying this bill it looks like the former president signed a contract to pay her so what defense does the association have are you saying he exceeded his authority we th- yes basically um since the board had not voted by a majority to do the audit and I I understand what you're saying about the bylaws, but these bylaws, so many don't apply to us. It's a boilerplate thing. We did one bylaw, (laughs) uh, one audit. But right, but that's just that's not how right, I understand. Oh shucks. What's what's a few bylaws amongst friends? That's not how associations work. And it's so simple. Amend the bylaws to apply to you and be less boilerplate. That's all you have to do. It's super easy. It's done with a vote. But I, it sounds, Ms. Tuck, like what you're saying to me is, oh, we chit-chatted about changing it, so William didn't follow the rules, when it really sounds like you're not following the rules by not having amended the bylaws. Put him back up, please. Mr. Buckingham, swear him in, please, will you? Okay. Can I get you to raise your right hand, please? You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Thank you. Did you hire her to do an, an audit? Yes, Your Honor. Okay. And on what grounds did you hire her to do an audit? Um, We'd had a meeting, a board meeting at the end of August. Um, We discussed a variety of things. Um, One of the items was the fact that the um, audit was still in the bylaws. Uh, We discussed it, went over it. Three out of five members who, board members who were in attendance agreed to do it. Was Ms. Tuck a board member at that time? Yes, she was. And was she one of the ones in agreement to no. do it or not? Oh, I love it. I love coming from South Florida. There is nothing I love me more than a good condo association drama. All right. So she was one of the ones who was against it. And then uh, you were for it. And you say four out of the what? It, three out of the five. I have three the, out of the uh, five. So notes. wouldn't that, in fact, Ms. Tuck, is what uh, what Mr. Buckingham saying true? Yeah, um, I don't recall there being a vote specifically. And do you, you recall being notes, against spending the money? 
I was against doing a, a So audit, how yes, would it have come up unless someone asked you how you thought about something? Wouldn't that, in fact, be well, a vote? I don't re- okay, I don't recall it coming up at that time that there was a vote, and I said I was against it. I'm personally stating that I was against it, along with several. So is Mr. Workers. Buckingham lying when he says that you were there and you voted against it? Who was the other person who was against it, Mr. Buckingham, besides Ms. Tuck? So at the time, um, we had six board members duly elected. Um, one was not yet in it, there in attendance, but we still had a quorum. Um, myself voted for it. Mary voted for it. And Janet agreed to it. Mr. Buckingham, are you no longer president? No, I sold my condominium unit at the end of October 2020. Um, and at, at the exact time, stepped down from the board and as president. Okay. So it's the fact that Mr. Buckingham sold his unit that gives you, Ms. Tuck, the nerve to decide you're not going to pay the accountant? What, what new position are you in where you have the authority to represent the, the condominium association and say, ah, we shouldn't have done that. I don't think we should have done that. So now we're not going to pay the bill. Um, uh, what authority do I have? I didn't even know that the audit was going on. Um, I took, uh, I think, around uh, January, February, um, I was presented with we needed more information. And I said, for what? I I wasn't aware it was even being done. Right. So what is your position? Do you have the same position now that you had at the time that the audit was ordered in August? No. So what is your new position now that all manage, manage? I'm sorry. Management. So what you've come in as new management and you became management when? Um, I probably, I think, December 2020. You believe that your management duties include uh, annihilating a contract that is entered into by the former president according to the bylaws as opposed to according to what you wish the bylaws were. Have I got it right? You know what? The condo association is going to pay Ms. Saxton her fee. Okay, and the way you fix this is you do what your bylaws, which is what everybody bought into when they bought their unit, says to do. And bylaws can be changed. They don't need to be a suicide pact, but there is a method to change. And the method is you have a vote, 75% of the owners agree, and you're not even going to have a problem. Because if I'm an owner, I would agree readily. In fact, Here's the irony. Miss Saxton agrees readily that this is goofy to do an audit every single year. It should be every three years is plenty. $2,681.96 verdict for the plaintiff. Good luck, folks. So the plaintiff, the accountant, wins the case. She's going to get her fee, the $2,681. Ms. Tuck, let me ask you, what are you thinking right now? You lost big time. I think that it's a shame that um, the uh, last board felt they could just pick and choose the bylaws that they chose to follow. But I do understand um, what the judge said. All right. Let's talk to the plaintiff. Ms. Saxton, I guess you're glad you filed this lawsuit, aren't you? I sure am. I just wanted to get paid for the work that I did. Yeah, you had your. I was going to say, are you going to work for them again? Do you think if, if they no, come back for another audit? No, sir. You're free. <laughs> okay. Well, congratulations. You uh, you got caught in the middle here, and that's kind of under, unfair. But uh, you have prevailed, and good luck to you, Doug. Even if the judge felt that the condominium board hadn't officially approved the job before the plaintiff started. 
I think the plaintiff still would have gotten the reasonable value of her services because under the law, if there's a feeling that the contract was approved, even if it isn't signed, sealed, and delivered, and work is done that benefits the defendant, the defendant has to pay that reasonable value. If three plaintiffs sue a defendant for $5,000, can Judge Millian award each of them $5,000, even though the limit is $5,000? Okay, so the short answer, well, the answer is no. Right. The juris, you can never exceed the jurisdictional limit of whatever jurisdiction you're in. For example, if I, uh, if I am owed money by three defendants right. and I sue all three, um, and the amount of money I'm owed is 5000 Those right. three guys borrowed 5000 right. from me. Right. I can't get 5000 from each of them, but they're each jointly and severally liable for the full right. 5000 Right, and with joint and several liability, that means you could, if uh, two of them just disappeared, you could get the full five grand right. from the third one. Which or... people sometimes think is unfair, but right. they acted in unison, and right. they, they took that obligation together, and that's why each one of them... You know, right. individuals. Now, of course, the plaintiff can't make out with five thousand dollars that no, way. No. You know, it's no only, windfall. Right. But you may you could get a third from each of them, you could get it all from one of them, whatever yeah. it takes, but you get paid. Right. And at the end of the day, the hard part isn't always getting the judgment, it's usually collecting. Um, collecting the money. Right. right. Cause you may end up with a lovely judgment that you can use as a doily for your beer. Right. <laughs> this is the plaintiff, Pamela Nyons. She says she paid the defendant a so-called custom shoemaker to make her maroon and white sneakers for a school reunion she was attending. She waited 10 weeks, never got the sneakers, and now that her reunion's passed, she wants a refund of the $275 she paid him. So she's suing. This is the defendant Marquise Kane. He says COVID caused him huge problems in shipping and things getting stuck in customs. He told her he would get her a comparable shoe. She wasn't interested. Now here they are. He's accused of being too slow. All parties, please raise your right hands. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says that she hired the defendant to make her some custom sneakers. Ten weeks later, People's Court no sneakers. But the defendant says it's not his fault things are delayed due to COVID and a holdup in customs. It's the case of Jeepers Sneakers. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Ms. Nines, you are suing Kane Custom Z. Represented here by Marquis Kane, the owner, for $275 that you paid him to produce some sneakers for you in your school colors. And they never came in time for a reunion. Tell me about this. So on April 1st of this year, I went online looking to see how I could get some uh, maroon. It wasn't maroon and white, just maroon um, Air Force uh, gym shoes. I came across his company and I'm trying to support, 
you know, companies in my community, if you will. And I saw he had a 504 area code and I thought I have a connection with New Orleans. So I'll give him a shot. Young man trying to do something good. So I'll give him a shot. Okay, so uh, you're hold on one second. So you're in L.A. When you say your community, he is. He's in L.A. and no, you are in L.A. You are yeah. where? I'm in Inkster, Michigan. OK, so what do you mean uh, when you say your community, you mean black owned businesses? Is that what you're trying to say? Black owned. Oh, OK, OK. Go Small on. Black owned businesses. OK. Yes. yes. And so I've stated to him, I have a reunion July 30th. I want to order a maroon Nike shoe. I told him the shoe because I have a black one. I know I can wear that shoe. And so I told him I wanted the maroon. And what was the tell me what reunion was this? Tell me about the reunion. So um, Inkster High School, Inkster Public Schools no longer exist. All of the buildings are gone. We do not have a district. And so on the grounds of where the high school was from, well, you know, from the beginning of time to the last year, this was an all class reunion. And I just wanted to, you know, represent my school colors because um, I'm very awesome. active in that. Yeah. And so I wanted to, you know, I wanted to wear my maroon and represent. <laughs> and so, again, I came across his company and I thought, OK, when I called him April 1st and he said, thank you for calling and giving me enough time to complete it. He told me eight to 10 weeks, it would be two hundred and seventy five dollars. I said, okay, cool, because I I always try to do things well in advance. I didn't hear from him. I thought I would call and check. And I kept calling him and calling him, wasn't getting an answer. So finally, when I did speak with him, I kept giving him chance after chance, chance after chance. So finally, I think one of of the last conversations, I gave him an opportunity. He he showed me, he said he was going to send me some pictures to try to choose something comparable after he told me his company does not do refunds. I said, so you mean to tell me I give you $275 and I get nothing for that? And so he said, what he can do is give me a shoe comparable. I said, let me see it. He sent me two pictures after me harassing him for three days to get these pictures. And then I chose a maroon one. And I said, so how long do I have to wait for that? He said, um, September. So um, I still hadn't heard anything. So I'm just like, I shouldn't have to wait this long for, you know, a shoe. The reunion was July 30th. Uh, So So, clearly you didn't have the shoes for the reunion. And is there anything on his website that says shipping should be within X to X weeks or anything like that? No. And I know you're going to (laughs) say his store policy. Let's see. Forget it. Right. Please allow up to one to 20 weeks to process. No, that's new. He changed his whole ah. he changed his whole website, Instagram and Facebook. What's going on? Let me hear from you, Mr. Kane. What's going on? Our process has always been a long time. Even, um, and it also even states that our volumes could change due to them being custom sneakers. And it's not something that just is manufactured. So our process is we let our customers know on our Instagram or all of our social medias that our processing times is due to change at any given time, especially if um, if we do get rush orders, a high volume of rush orders. Right, but this wasn't a rush order. Viral. She placed her order on April 1st and she wanted it at the yes, end of did. July. But exactly. more importantly, has she received any sneakers? After within the last past 
I will say about the you know from the beginning of this month when we spoke to Mrs. Neons, we had we were we had an agreement that she was going to get a replacement sneaker, and um, when we agreed upon that, you know, we went and you know customized her sneaker. And, well, you had already you know, customized the other one. That didn't get us anywhere. What had you done with what? How far along in the process were you on the original sneaker she ordered? You had done what? On Placed the an order sneaker, we and had to get it, somebody we else had to manufactures get it, it. Where? China? Where does it get manufactured? Um, we have a different. We have a few different suppliers. Uh, actually, all around the all around the world, like Nike suppliers. So who had suppliers. you? That, I guess that's what I'm wondering. So when, like, had, when you say Nike, you take a Nike, the base of a Nike shoe. Yeah, we take a Nike. Yes. We and does Nike, Nike you have you have a license from Nike to do that? We do. We do have a retail license from Nike to use their product and resell their product. Nah, maybe not so much. So, like, how long does she have to give you? I understand the supply chain in the world has been slowed down tremendously by COVID and uh, it takes forever to get anything. I get it. But how long is forever? Can you just take people's money and never give them anything and say, well, we're still in the middle of forever. Like at what point is it long enough for sneakers? I have an order for a sofa. It's been six months. It's furniture. I don't like having to keep waiting and I don't think I'm gonna. But then if I turn around and order from somewhere else, it'll be another six months. So I'm just, thank you, sir. May I have another, you know, like, uh, but I, I, you know, when we're talking about sneakers, you know, how long is it long enough? Maybe July, I would, but even according to your website, which she says you've recently changed, like if it's 20 weeks, it's been more than 20 weeks anyway. But I just don't get it. Do you have her shoe? Oh, she, her shoes are ready to be shipped. Um, Sh- as prove of now, it. But we prove have it. A- Give me something. Right now, Prove something. Go. Prove something that they're ready. We'll have to go into our office space to show her the custom work that we did do for her order. What, what now, custom work? Stop. Who's we? Who did custom work for that order? And why wasn't custom work done for the other order? Well, the black, well I had let her know, Mrs. Nyons, that we were having problems with our supplier receiving our supplier. Uh, all of our products, like it wasn't just her. Um, it wasn't just her order. We have over 20 to 30 you know, products, shoes for different people's orders that's getting held at customs because of this. Do you have proof that her shoe is being held at customs? Do you have proof that her shoes have been manufactured? Manufactured? Yeah. As far as me customizing them? Well, if they're, wait, no, as far as they've been built, do you have any proof they've been built, the shoes? Are you asking me my Nike factory? I don't know how I can make my question any clearer. Prove to me that the first thing has been done in fulfilling her order. Just prove to me that other than you filling out something for another company to do, prove what that company's done. Prove to me that something's been done. So would you like conversation between me and my supplier? No, I would have liked for you to have gotten an affidavit from uh, your supplier, a picture of the shoe, uh, (laughs) proof that it's in custom, something. Because right now, all I've got is almost six months, $275 in your pocket, and you have looked at her and said... That's that's basically all I have here. Return the lady's money. Six months is enough for sneakers. Verdict for the plaintiff, $275. So the plaintiff prevails. She's going to get her money back finally from Mr. Kane. Uh, Mr. Kane, let me ask you, explain to me, do you just take a Nike shoe and remake it? Is that what you actually do? Yes, sir. Is that right? Nike yes, know sir. about that? <laughs> 
They do. I mean, uh, Nike knows a lot, well, anyway. a lot about the shoe customizing industry. All right. Well, listen, you got to give her her money back. You can't expect her to wait forever. Okay. All right, let's talk to Ms. Nyon. Ms. Nyon, you, you, you're a very patient person. <laughs> yes, I'm okay. very happy. But I do want to say this. I don't wish him any uh, ill anything. I hope that he succeeds. But he has to know if you take money from someone for a product, if you cannot deliver it, communicate with them and let them know that either you're going to refund. If you believe in what you do, refund the money or give them the product. You can't just keep people... Um, chasing after you, trying to contact you and things of that nature. You have to communicate. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Everybody agrees with you. Congratulations, Ms. Nyon. Well, Doug, you know, a situation like this, COVID may be a factor, but at a point, it's not. And here, we're talking six months. So out of excuses, the defendant has no justification, even with COVID, and that's why he lost. Judge John, what is your favorite quote that Judge Millian uses? I know, it's hard to pick one because she has so many. Also, I am so happy to report I was finally able to tell a company that sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. There are a zillion quotes to choose from, of course. <laughs> but uh, the, one, uh, it, the one in Spanish that jumps into my head all the time because you've used it so effectively against our children when yeah. necessary is probably donde tu vas... Ya fui, me senté, tomé una sola y regresé. Which my mother used to say to me all the time. Right, and it's your way of saying, don't even try to go there. I, I know exactly where you're going. I'm already ahead of you. And, I, I, where you're yeah, going, I've I have been, been to. I've sat down, I've had a soda, right. and I've returned. It, it, literally, right. yeah, the literal <laughs> translation. So that was very effective in our household. And then in English, I'm going to go with one that I think you got from me because you heard me say it to a jury in a closing argument. Oh, yeah. I was watching you and right. I've taken it as my I own. Trying, I was trying to tell the jury not to believe this guy who had testified as a defense witness. And I said, I explained a bunch of reasons why you shouldn't believe him. And I said, come on now. You wouldn't believe this guy if his tongue was notarized. That's how <laughs> I fell in love with you because it was a really good argument. And wow. I was a state prosecutor. Oh you were God. a federal prosecutor. And I was like... Uh-huh. I like that. <laughs> That's all it took, really? That's all it took. <laughs> How about that? This is the plaintiff, Raphael Yakubov. He says the defendant, who was a pastor at the church near his house, backed into his car, denting it. This so-called man of God has been giving him the royal runaround for months now. He's tired of his games and is suing for the $980.72 worth of damages he caused. This is the defendant, Pastor Lionel Etwaru. He says the plaintiff parks in an illegal spot in front of his church, but he has a handicap placard, so he's allowed. Someone hit his car. He tried as hard as he could to get him the surveillance footage from his church, but couldn't. Now he's mad and suing him. Bottom line, he didn't hit the guy's car, and he owes him nothing. He's accused of a backup crack-up. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case in the docket, the plaintiff says the defendant, a pastor, uh, sinned by not owning up to what the plaintiff says is his responsibility because the plaintiff's car got hit in the church driveway. Now, the pastor says, hold on, the plaintiff parked illegally. Someone damaged his car, and because it was on church property, the guy is suing him? Come on. It's the case of 
Holy, holy Good backup crackup. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Yakubov, you are suing Global Christian Ministries, represented here by Pastor Etwaru. Welcome, Pastor, for $980.72. A repair estimate for your car because you feel that they are responsible. Tell me what happened. What happened uh, about uh, February 15, uh, when I came to uh, to drive my car, I saw that my car was damaged and I parked uh, my vehicle uh, in front of the church. Do you always park your vehicle time. in front of the church? Yes, yes. And is that a legal park. parking space or are you able to park there because you have a handicap sticker? Yes, I have a handicap sticker and I can show you. Okay. The honor. This is the handicap sticker. Is that sticker. in your name or in someone else's name? This is uh, on the name of my father. He's disabled. Okay. And he's 90 years old. Right. And uh, I I use that because... Because uh, you take because your father's with you all the time? Because you're only supposed to yes. use it. I have a 95-year-old mother, and I'm only supposed to use right. that, and I only use it when she's in the car. But So you're able to park every night in front of the church, even though it's not a legal parking space. But what happened? One day you walk out there, and what do you see? And I saw my car was damaged. You honor probably have uh, a picture yep. of the damage. And uh, I tried to uh, speak to the pastor Lionel, and we meet so many times outside of the church. And she told me that this is definitely somebody who came out of that uh, alleyway. I would not say that. that is this is the, the alleyway we're talking part. about, like where that black car is? Yes, yes. And is this and where you park, you right blocking the alleyway? No, no, I wasn't blocking alleyway. You see the way my car, gray car. Well, the way you've it, parked it's it here, blocking. it's right in front of that alleyway. It, it's enough space to go uh, back and forth, but that alleyway basically is designed for people. Right. To it's enter not sloped down. It's not an actual driveway. Yeah. All right. Exactly. So go on. Pastor Lionel uh, on the WhatsApp, he says that somebody rents that parking spot, which is uh, in my opinion, it's illegal to park there because if you can't see. Well, yeah, there's a yellow, there's a yellow stripe on the curb, on the curb, kind of telling people cars don't belong here. But I don't know that that prevents him. That prevents cars in general. But I don't know if that prevents him from allowing. I, I don't know whether that prevents him from allowing somebody to park there and pay money to the church. Do you rent out those spaces to anybody? Pastor? No, he he is a um, periodic attendee to the church. He uses it and makes a contribution to the church, Your Honor. Okay. It's not rented per se. Well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when you see the damage, you speak to the pastor and tell him, well, you must have cameras here. And what does he say? He would kind of conceal the, the, see the usage of the footage of the camera because he has camera outside. And if I may, uh, or if you can take a look at the, uh, our conversation, he would procrastinate it all the time. First time he says that he cannot log in to see the camera because he forgot the password. Wouldn't it be easier One to time, just tell you, yeah, my cameras don't work? If he's trying to hide uh, who it is, why wouldn't he just tell you my cameras don't work? Because uh, one time we, I meet him and at his office, he will be able to log in. 
and she showed me how the vehicles were coming in into that illegal spot, as I say, and come out. But that wasn't the right day because my car sustained damage on February 15th. Finally, I had to uh, send them a letter. I mean, send them what Did you ever call the police and him. tell them there was a hit and run and uh, I have damage and there's cameras here? Officers, can you help me? Did you ever do that? Yes, I did. But that was, af- that was afterwards. Yeah, I know. I did you called. ever do that at the beginning before waiting three no, months? No, I didn't. So let me ask you a question. When did you call the police? If it happened February 15th or 16th, which is what your complaint says, you're not sure which day. If it happened the 15th or the 16th, then when did you finally call the police? I call in April. In April. April. Okay. So yeah. now, Pastor, let me hear from you. I am very sympathetic with Mr. Yaku about his car. I suppose all of us who are drivers will be very upset about something like that. I I have never accused Mr. Yakub of parking illegally. I am aware that those are not legal parking spaces. That's why now I have built my own parking lot. Okay. We're talking about the tapes. He wants the tapes. Did you ever see the tapes and see who hit him? No, no. He went with me. It was in the middle of COVID with restrictions. So my coming to the church was very limited. There was at least once or twice he couldn't make it. When he came, he had to leave. Now, Mr. Yakub is also accusing me that I deliberately deleted the tapes. CCTV confirms that whatever recording we have only lasts for about two months. So it's no longer any recording. It's true that I said to Mr. Yakub that um, it could be somebody who parks there, one gentleman, could have hit his car. I checked the gentleman's car personally. My view is, Your Honor, that I am not too sure that Mr. Yakub can prove that his car was hit there. The, the parking in front of the church is public parking. I feel if somebody gets hit in, a, in the public thoroughfare, the church is not responsible. It's like I parking in front of my neighbor's house and re- somebody hits my car. I don't sue my neighbor. So you take issue with the idea that um, the car that hit him was even in that special little parking uh, because it's the absolutely. corner of his car. It could have been hit anywhere, anywhere he parked it, and he might not have absolutely. noticed it. Right. Absolutely. So can you tell me why you're suing Global Christian Ministries? Because he makes a good point when he says it's like, you know, a car gets into a car accident in front of the neighbor, but it gets hit and then the neighbor gets sued. Like, why? Why? Why is he responsible? Because you didn't get the visual evidence that you wanted? Not only visual evidence that I wanted, but uh, I, I used my car on uh, February 14th right before and i remember that i put the stuff in the trunk and bumper didn't have no damage when i came and parked my car and placed there next morning on 15 
I saw that uh, vehicle was damaged. I'm going to read this your is, complaint. On is, the morning of February 15 or 16, that's how you filed the complaint. You're not even sure when it happened. But more than that, you know, you've gone about this in a strange way, which is to to ask the church to pay your damages. So first you'd have to prove the church did something wrong and then you'd have to prove the amount of the damage, you know, and get me to order the church to pay it. I'm hung up on the issue of what did the church do wrong? See, if I say to the pastor on February 16, 15 or 16, do you have video? By February 17, if he hasn't shown it to me, I go to the police and ask the police for help. You could file a lawsuit against John Doe, whoever it is that hit your car. You don't know who it is. And then get subpoenas from court to CCTV and to the pastor so that you can have a court order telling them, help me and show me your your video. You can do that when someone isn't, quote, cooperating to show you their video. What you can't do is say, pay my damages. That you can't do. And you waited a really long time because if you don't even call the police until April, when you call the police, did they do anything? Or are they like, oh, that was two months ago. That's not still going to be on the on the recording. What did the police tell you? Police told me that uh, uh, it's kind of late and I was... Uh, um, influenced by the pastor that he's right. going to help well, me out. Well, shame on you, and because the pastor's trying me, to help you out. There's restrictions with COVID. According to him, one of the days you ran out of time, um, you know, so I just don't understand what you want from him. The guy sat down with you and showed you video, and then you're like, well, this is the wrong day. How many videos did you see before you realized it was the wrong day? I don't even think you know when it was hit. Then for you to turn around <laughs> and sue the church because you didn't get your way and find somebody who did this to you when you're not even sure what day it happened? No, I'm ruling in favor of the church. Thank you, Your Honor. So the plaintiff fails to get the, uh, the church to pay for his car damages. Uh, Mr. Yukubov, what do you think about the judge just said? She's not going to make them pay you. Okay. Okay. Maybe she knows better. What can I tell you? <laughs> well, the judge does know better, and she says the church did not damage your car, so she's not going to make them pay for it. Pastor, she's not going to make it. Pastor, <laughs> let me ask you, uh, has this ever happened to you before? I doubt Never. it, right? <laughs> Never. Yeah, it's very sad. It's a very sad thing to happen. Yeah, well, I'm sure you feel better now and uh, vindicated that the, the judge found in your, well, your favor, I, right? I, I just want to get it over with. It's over. I got news for you. It's over. Okay? You Thank won you, the sir. lawsuit. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Doug, I got to say, even if there's proof that someone on church property damaged the car, I don't think the pastor is liable because the pastor is not the driver, and the driver is the one who should be sued. Did you stay friends with your ex? Wait, exes. you had an ex? You had exes? Exes. I I was your first. You told me I was your first. <laughs> no, I mean, I've never, you're my first mar first and only marriage. But uh, yeah, I've always stayed friends with my um, exes. They all right. are from, well, they've all stayed in Miami pretty right. much. 
Yeah, they're, they're lawyers. I run into him right. them at functions. We go to dinner with my college boyfriend all the time. Yeah. He and was I, just at my house for my 60th birthday. The, the one who you were dating for almost six years before we met. His kids ended up at school right. with my kids, right. and they became friends. And before, like right around the time we met, I was actually on his basketball Yeah, team. you guys were friends because we all went to the same gym. Right. So, yeah, everybody's... basketball together a couple times. Two or three times a week. Miami is the biggest small town. That's really it, what it is. It anyhow. is. And, uh, and gosh, weren't we just at his house for a party about... Yeah, uh, like two or three years ago, we were at his house for a party. Big yeah. party. Yeah. It was a great time.